Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I'm so glad that you are back with me today. I'm back with Davis Carmen, and we are talking about radically intentional parenting. This is part of our family series, and I'm so glad that you have joined us for this because we're talking about some really important topics. We're talking about the things that involve um, us as parents and as uh, spouses and, you know, sibling relationships and how we can interact and, and have a relationship with grandparents. I mean, there are so many parts to homeschooling families. And so I'm, I'm excited to have Davis back with us today. If you missed Monday's episode, go back and listen to that episode as well. It will encourage you. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. Do you want help managing your homeschool day on a day-to-day basis? BJU Press has a new homeschool hub that can dramatically simplify things for you. You'll be able to see your child's workload, document grades, modify schedules, and more. The BJU Press Homeschool Hub is the resource you need for painless planning and happy homeschooling. Visit BJUPressHomeschool.com to see how the hub can change your homeschooling. Davis, thank you for coming back with me again today. I um, am so encouraged by these different points. You have 10 points that we're talking through, and these are all points for radically intentional parenting. And um, like we talked about in the first episode, you and Rachel are through the parenting phase. You've launched all seven of your kids, which is incredible. And so neat to know that they are walking with the Lord and that your obedience to the Lord and training them up in righteousness has been fruitful. And that is my greatest desire as a mom is that my kids will leave our home, that they will walk with Jesus all the days of their life and that they will be completely and fully committed to a life of serving him. And so these points that you're giving us this week are really to help us with doing just that. You know, we have to be intentional about our parenting. It doesn't just come naturally and we need wisdom from those of you who have gone before us. So we talked in a Monday's episode, we talked about, um, church devotions and family worship and how we can implement those into our family. We talked about mealtimes and what that looked like for your family. We talked about discipline. And then we talked about kids, kids, and more kids. So let's move on to point five. So uh, this list is uh, being presented in roughly the order that you'll face them as parents. And uh, like you said, it's radically intentional parenting. So uh, if you've thought the list was fairly easy so far, and of course you've got it, uh, trust me, uh, the list gets harder as we as <laughs> get older and as we go th- uh, through the rest of this. But number five uh, is K-12 education. You, you've had some kids, uh, and now it's time to decide how are you going to educate them? Are you going to send them to the public school? Are you going to uh, shovel out the money and do private school? Or are you going to take the full responsibility and homeschool. All three are really big decisions with, uh, or big options with big consequences. So this is one that parents are probably more intentional about it now than they ever were. Uh, Families tend to be very um, uh, thoughtful and careful about the education of their kids. It's a high value. But during the years of COVID, people started paying attention to what was actually happening uh, in their kids' school and they started really analyzing the options closer than they ever did before. Uh, many of them taking the bull by the horns and saying, you know what? We're going to homeschool. This was actually really good for our family to be together. And we learned so much. And it was so much more efficient. We were done by one o'clock in the afternoon. We had more meals together. All kinds of positives uh, that can happen when you homeschool. And that is obviously 
what I would classify as the best decision our family made on this topic. But I got to let people know, we were kicking and screaming when we started. This was not something that was part of our plan. And basically, we had our COVID moment in 1996, where we we were reluctant, uh, we felt forced, but by God's grace, we got started. And by the third or fourth year is when we were fully committed to this. Even with high school looming off in the distance, we didn't really have all the answers to what that would look like. Uh, but we got there and we walked by faith and God showed us the way when we did. And then with each of our kids, there were issues that we were concerned about or didn't have answers to. And that, again, is part of the walk of faith that happens with homeschooling is you feel all this responsibility. It can feel overwhelming at times, but it's actually really exciting. It's I, I liken it to a roller coaster ride with twists and turns, and you just feel like you know your stomach's not going to be able to handle it anymore. <laughs> and, and then you get to a portion of the ride where it feels more like the lazy river. And you can sit back and bask in the sun and say, wow, this is great. I love it. Uh, and then you're back on the roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> number five is the education of your kids. Be intentional about that, mom and dad. Amen. I don't know that I've gotten to the lazy river part yet. <laughs> Maybe it's coming, but it definitely has been a roller coaster ride. And I will say for the most part, it has been a fun roller coaster ride with many scary drops and turns and twists. And uh, and in the end, you know what? We get off the roller coaster and we get to look back and say, that was really fun. <laughs> so fun, fun. Okay. So that was education. Number six is what? Number six is extracurricular activities, sports, uh, piano, theater, uh, co-ops, you name it. So uh, some parents may feel like, okay, we started homeschooling, but now we're taking care of all these extracurricular activities. And I feel like we're in the van all the time. You know, we're, we're late to every activity. We leave early from that activity to try to get to the next one on time. And everybody's exhausted and worn out. So you need to ask yourself, how can we be more intentional as a family to make this work for us? Well, one of the first things you can do is to say no to certain things. So we had seven kids. There's, We could have been crazy if yeah. everybody was doing three or four activities that were different from each other. So we always limited our kids to one, one to two activities. And specifically, if it was a sport activity, we were all doing the same sport. Mm -hmm. So we might give the older kids, okay, here's the deal. You can either do cross country, uh, soccer, or volleyball. Take your pick. Okay, we, we'd like to do soccer. All right, that's what you did last season. You guys love soccer. Let's do that again. Guess what? Everybody else in the family is doing soccer. And that would allow us to then be what I like to call this little amoeba that would show up at the fields for practice night and Everybody would be on a different practice field based on their age. And then on Saturday, we're all at the fields all day. Everybody stays for their siblings games. And we just did everything together. We didn't divide and conquer and go separate ways. And, you know, we're, we weren't ships passing each other in the night. And so the best decision we made on this topic to being intentional about it was that we said we're going to limit things and so that we can do it all together. Amen. That's a great idea. We had some other friends who they have six kids and they made that same decision um, for their family early on. And 
now that their kids are older, you know, they're, they're dabbling in some different things, but especially when their kids were young, they said, if we don't all do it together, it's not getting done because it, it can get so overwhelming. It's so funny when people still talk about homeschooled kids and socialization and, you know, they're not socialized. I'm like, man, homeschooled kids today, it's, we're trying to just stay home to actually school. I mean, there just exactly. are so many opportunities, whether within the homeschooling world or even outside of it. And so, you know, something like soccer, of course, is probably through the, you know, the county or, or your city or whatever, um, you know, whatever league you're playing for. But um, there are tons of opportunities and it can get overwhelming. You, you can find yourself so busy that you're actually too socialized and not able to stay <laughs> home and, uh, and do the work that. Oh yeah. There, uh, like you done. said, there, there are more than enough activities to choose from. Yeah. Um, and the key was to limit what we're going to do, what we're not going to do so that, yeah. okay. You know, on Tuesday night, that's the out night where we have soccer practice. We're all doing that, but we're not out every night of the week. Right. And we're not out at a hundred different locations. Um, especially in the years before any kids can drive after they can drive, it helps quite a bit sure. and they can drive themselves or drive siblings. But, uh, even then you want to be real careful not to be doing so much that you're stressed or that your kids are stressed, uh, because you, God has given us only a certain amount that we can handle yeah. before we have too much on our plate. And the same yep. is true for kids. Yep, absolutely. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Davis, and um, and this is such a good list. I, I love going. I love lists. I love checklists. I like being able to write things down and check them off. Though this isn't a specific checklist of what to do, but it kind of is because it's things that we need to think through as parents and we need to be intentional about how we are handling these things now as parents or knowing how we're going to handle them in the future as our kids get older. And so like you said earlier, the the list gets a little bit harder as we're moving through the the years of our our kids' childhood, right? So this next one is is an interesting one. And I know that there are people on both sides of the coin um, on this one. And so this one is sleepovers. Um, what's the best decision you ever made on sleepovers? Yeah. So as you can tell, sleepovers can start to get controversial or difficult yeah. or, you know, oh boy, we're now we're hitting on a, you know, tougher territory. Uh, but the best decision we ever made here was just saying no. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a popular decision and a lot of people won't understand uh, but you know your good friends will understand, and it's a great opportunity to just to, you know talk about why 
um, you may you might be making that decision. Now, when I say you know we just said no to sleepovers, um, that does not include grandma and grandpa right. or you know close family members. Uh, but even with good friends, uh, there are going to be other people at that sleepover. And w- one way I like to ask it is, what are the good things that can happen at a sleepover? And there might be a few, but the list is probably short, but I'm not going to say there's nothing good that can happen. But what are some of the bad things that can happen at a sleepover? And that's where it can be chilling. Uh, And so we live in a a world today where trust has been broken at a lot of levels. I wish it wasn't. Uh, But uh, this is an area where, as a parent, you may need to uh, be so radically intentional that people don't understand, but it's for the protection of your kids. So, and yet, just because you say no and your kids know that you don't do sleepovers doesn't mean you're going to get asked multiple times. Right. And a real good example I like to give on this is when our two youngest kids uh, were facing a situation. They were in a Taekwondo group, and this Taekwondo group was going to do a sleepover. Uh, they were going to you know, do their practice Friday night after dinner. Then they're going to stay up all night and play games and watch movies. And then in the morning, they're going to do a morning workout and have breakfast and be done by noon. And, you know, we've been saying no for years. So this was an easy no for me and Rachel. But my two sons actually really wanted to take part in this. So we have all these conversations. And this is how we skinned that cat. I said, OK, guys. Here's the deal. Mom and dad are going to, or I'm dad, I'm going to make a big sacrifice to make this happen. I'll drop you off at nor- your normal practice. You can stay, you know, for a while, but around 1030, maybe 11, you know, sometime around that time, I'm going to come and pick you up and bring you home. And then I will get up super early in the morning and I'll bring you back for that six o'clock breakfast workout and uh, other events you were going to be taking part of that day. So we made a big sacrifice, but there was no way in the world I was going to let them stay up for the bad stuff that was going to happen mm-hmm. during the night for the movie that wasn't the best selection in that group uh, to take. But I wasn't in charge of the movie or the all these kids that were going to be there. But I, I, I did figure out a way to protect my kids from the time during a sleepover when bad things can happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have, we have a lot of friends who have made that same decision for their kids. And I think it's a very wise decision to make. And we, we pretty much stand there with no sleepovers, but there have, there are a few friends that we will allow our girls to have sleepovers with, but we have, they're very specific families that we will allow. And, and, you know, you talk about family, these are families that are close like family, you know, people that we really, really trust. And even with those people, we have very specific roles and it's been for us a time for our girls to even show their uh, responsibility and maturity in that they, they'll call us and say, you know, oh, someone, you know, so-and-so wants to watch this movie. Is it okay if we watch this movie or something like that? And there's been lots of times where we've said, no, we've, we've not seen that yet. We haven't read reviews. We're not comfortable with that. And they'll say, oh, okay, no problem. Um, and so, you know, we've, we, for the most part, don't do sleepovers either because of that, you know, and we wouldn't let like, okay, your whole soccer team's getting together for a sleepover. Not a chance, but for families that we've known for a really long time and are really close with, um, that's something that we have allowed for our girls. But this is where you pray and you ask for the Lord's wisdom 
to guide you and to help you to make the decision that's best for your family and for your kids. So, but that can be a tricky one. And it's one that, like you said, your kids, I mean, they, they will buck against you because when all of their friends are having a sleepover, they really, really, really want to do that as well. Well, Um, right. And again, the, the list we're going through is not a formula. I'm not saying that families need to make the exact decisions we've made, uh, but everything I heard on what you just said, you were being very intentional about conversations with families they might spend the night with, about movies they may or may not see, yeah. and uh, and the key uh, the key to this whole thing is to be intentional, to not be a whatever parent or a random parent or right. just let everything goes. Uh, and sometimes that intentionality may look radical to somebody else or extreme or hard to swallow. Uh, but the key is parenting is a literal responsibility, and we need to take it seriously and and uh, and make decisions on purpose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that we've done too, which I'll say is, we'll say, you know, we we don't know that family well enough, so we're not okay with you staying the night there, but they're welcome to spend the night here at our home. Um, and so, you know, we have a very open door policy with our kids in that, you know, you're welcome to invite your friends over anytime they want to be here, you know, and if their parents are okay with it, we're okay with it. And so, um, but we do have a rule and I will say this, our one of our rules is that Garrett is never, ever, ever alone in our home with our girls and their friends. Even the neighborhood kids who come over and play, we never, I never leave our home with one of our girls and their friends home alone with Garrett. Not because I don't trust him, um, but because he, that's actually his rule in order to just protect himself exactly. for anyone who may have questions because there's just weirdness out in the world. And so he says, you know, in order to protect myself, um, you know, we, I will never allow there to be a girl, you know, with our girls home alone without you here. So that's right. just one of the family rules that we have as well. So we've had t- times where Lacey's friend, you know, one of her little best friends who lives down the street, she'll come over. And if I have to leave the house, I'm like, well, you guys have to go outside now, <laughs> you know, or, or go back to her house or whatever. So anyway, um, okay. We've got a couple minutes left and I want to talk about this last one. Cause I know the two that we're going to talk about tomorrow are going to take a little bit of time. So let's talk about number eight. Oh yeah. And and this is, this one can be tough too. Remember yeah. they're getting harder and that's bikinis, oh, haircuts, and other fashion statements. Ooh. So I remember when Rachel and I first had kids and we're giving ourselves a pep talk and we're thinking, you know, if, uh, if our kids want to dye their hair blue or green when they're a kid, that's no big deal. Well, we had no idea that that would be just the tip of the iceberg <laughs> of the pressures that our kids would face with body piercings, tattoos, bikinis specifically with the oh. girls. And uh, here's the best decision we made on these kind of issues. We didn't avoid the topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be so easy to just not talk about it or to put your foot down and not talk about it. Uh, but instead, we engaged in conversations with our kids about all these topics, hair color, body piercings, tattoos, bikinis, you name it. We had more than one conversation about it. And what it did was it, it made it a safe conversation. Uh, they knew that they, mom, our kids know where we stand on some of those things, but we never forced it. It came out naturally and uh, calmly in the conversations, which caused them to think about it. And then they even said many things that have caused us to say, hmm, that's some interesting points. But you know, with bikinis, we 
we had our uh, points regarded to modesty, uh, what will other people think, uh, you're young, uh, what you know, you don't want to be objectified. I can give my list of reasons why I would not want my daughters to wear a bikini, but they were feeling pressure and they wanted to state their positions. And more than anything, we had the conversations and I wouldn't even call them tough conversations, sure. maybe uncomfortable at times uh, and unpopular with our kids, but the relationships actually grew as a result of us not avoiding this topic. Yeah, I'm with you. We are oldest. Um, about a month or so ago, um, she got a nose ring. Maybe it was a little longer than that. And uh, she really wanted to have a nose ring. And so we we talked about this and prayed about it for a long, long time. And of course, she came she came to us with actual scripture. And <laughs> mom, women in the Bible wore nose rings. And I had a nose ring years ago. And so then it was like, well, mom had a nose ring too. And we really had to come to to with that specifically was that, you know, it was just a small, you know, nose ring. It wasn't anything that was, you know, alarming to look at and it wasn't a sinful matter for her. And so that's really what we had to come back to is that this wasn't, we didn't feel like it was a sinful decision that she wanted to make. It was just more of a, you know, she just likes the way they look. And so we were okay with that. But we said, we draw the line at tattoos. We don't want you to ever get a tattoo. And so our agreement with her literally was, you can get a nose ring, but that's the last piercing you ever get. I mean, she has her ears pierced, but you know, but that's the last piercing you get ever and no tattoos ever. And she agreed to that. And, um, and so I was like, okay, you can get a well, nose ring. I'm, I'm okay well, what's with that. great. What I'm hearing is you had conversations with your yeah, kids. Absolutely. And, and it sounds like the relationships uh, yeah. have been enhanced because of that. Yeah. And it causes the, your kids to not be whatever people themselves. They're going to think about, right. okay, tattoos yeah. or hair coloring or this clothing. Yeah. They're probably going to be a little bit more intentional themselves sure. and make better decisions as a result. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's true. I mean, it wasn't a decision that we made just in the snap of a finger. Like we talked about this for months before we finally <laughs> said, okay, all right, well, we'll go for this. And so anyway, it was good. I love being able to talk with our kids about these things, you know, and, and I love the opportunity that we have with our kids being able to trust us to help them navigate life and navigate this world that they live in and try to make the best decisions that they can make as we pray and try to make the best decisions that we can make as parents. So thank you for sharing these. We're going to come back tomorrow and we've got the last two to talk about, which are going to be pretty big and heavy. And I'm excited to hear your take on both of these and the decisions that you and Rachel made with these. Um, Davis, where can people find out more about you? Yes, uh, people can go to Apologia.com. Uh, that's our website where we have all our curriculum that's creation-based science, math, and Bible. They can find our blog and read articles and devotionals. They can find our podcast, the Let's Talk Homeschool podcast, and all kinds of freebies and other things to help them in their homeschooling journey. Yeah, sounds great. We'll put that link in the show notes. If you guys have not shared this episode, will you please do me a favor and just hit copy and paste and share it somewhere through text, through social media, um, through emails, whatever it is, um, there are people who need to be encouraged. And I am so excited to announce that the Homegrown Generation Family Expo is back. You guys heard us talk about this at the end of the year, and we are so excited to finally get to announce the dates. It's March 6th through 9th of 2023 in just a few weeks. 
We have an amazing speaker lineup and I cannot wait for you guys to be part of this really exciting event. Registration is now open at homegrowngeneration.com. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you back here next time. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.